Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 22. We all followed you out here. The cartel of Miami belonged to Carter, but the cartel of Las Vegas belongs to you. Fly Boogie. Mia Moore's heart instantly froze in her chest and then splintered like an icy windshield right down the middle. Blind rage, unrivaled pain, unending sickness. That's what she felt. The sexcapade in front of her was so intense that Carter didn't even realize that she had entered the room. Her first thought was to wreck havoc. She wanted to beat the brakes off Yasmin. Throwing, swinging, biting, punching, it all would have felt so good at the moment, but she couldn't. Her grief rendered her helpless. Suddenly, the ring on her finger seemed so heavy. It weighed her down. She couldn't breathe. She couldn't think straight. She couldn't do anything but stand there, watching. She waited for him to come to his senses and push Yasmin off him. But the look of pleasure on Carter's face confirmed that he had wanted this. He had betrayed her. After all that she had done to hold him down. After all they had been through. All it took was a skinny, privileged bitch from Saudi Arabia to get him to switch up on her. She walked over to the bed, walking slowly as she clenched her stomach. The smell of another woman's sex filled her bedroom, making her want to vomit. She took her wedding band off, and when she was within eyesight, she tossed it on Carter's bare chest. Before she could stop herself, she grabbed Yasmin by the hair. Bitch! Mia Moore shouted as she flung her to the floor, her rage giving her the strength of a mad woman. Oh shit! Carter exclaimed as he stood to his feet. The room spun around him, and he stumbled as he reached for Mia Moore. The fuck happened, he thought. The paraphernalia that was strewn about the room told a story of a night of lust, and he grimaced, cursing himself. He truly had a limited memory of what had gone down, but one thing was blatantly clear. He had fucked up. There was no stopping Mia Moore. She was locked on like a pit as she viciously delivered blows to Yasmin's face. I told you not to fuck with me. Carter tried his hardest to get between the two women, but his world was moving in slow motion. He could barely move. He was weak, legs wobbly, head unclear, stomach churning. He was incapacitated and could barely remember what had happened the night before. Images of what had occurred flashed in his mind. His body intertwined with Yasmin's, his fingers fisting her hair, her mouth kissing all over him. He saw it all. He had fucked up. 
No matter how unintentional his actions were, he had betrayed his woman. He could only imagine the sting that plagued her heart. Mia, chill, he barked as he tried to pry Mia more off. He tried holding her back, but in his current state, she shook him with ease. Mia Moore was relentless. You're going to kill her. Carter felt woozy and he didn't have all of his strength, which allowed Mia Moore to get the best of him. He was surprised she didn't turn on him with her blows. Mia Moore was going for broke. What the fuck, he thought as he shook his head while pinching the bridge of his nose as he tried to steady himself. Mia Moore. Hearing him scream her name with such aggression caused her to stop, fists raised in the air as she panted over Yasmin. The girl groaned beneath her, nose busted and crying. Yasmin covered her face as she rolled left to right in agony. You defending this bitch? Miamor asked. She was so upset that she could barely catch her breath. It felt like she was hyperventilating as she leaned over, resting her knees as complete agony took over her body. Carter saw the hurt in her face and almost brought him to his knees. Damn, I fucked up, he thought. His mind couldn't piece together the part of the night where Yasmin had drugged him. All he knew was that he had messed up, and now the fallout was about to begin. Let me talk to you for a minute, Ma. Let me explain, he whispered. He went to touch her, but she cringed as she slapped his hands away. He stumbled. Get your shit together. Tell your wife something before you lose her, Carter told himself. But what could he say? She had caught him, hand in the cookie jar. How the fuck did I slip up this much, he wondered. This shit is just sloppy. Hitting Yasmin in the suite that Mia Moore has complete access to. There was no lying his way out of this, and even if lies would get him off the hook, he wouldn't tell him. It wasn't in his character. He was tired of telling half-truths. He had done it. Why? He still couldn't make sense of it. How had he let himself take it this far when he had been so determined to keep her at arm's length? He had no recollection of the night's events. And his head spun as he tried to piece it together. How many times y'all gonna say that? You said it like four times now, maybe five. Damn, he thought. Legs weak. Head clouded with confusion. He needed to sit. Mia, he said. Yasmin rolled onto her knees and then slowly climbed to her feet. Fuck this, Carter. Don't lie to her. You don't have to hide this anymore. Tell her. We've been together since you came to Saudi Arabia five years ago, she shouted as she wiped the blood from her nose with the back of her hand. Yasmin, chill, Carter shouted. No, I'm not hiding it anymore. She should know, Yasmin screamed hysterically, filling the air with falsehoods and fanning Mia Moore's emotional flames. Mia Moore shook her head in disbelief as tears ran down her cheeks. Her soul was heavy. It felt like she was suffocating as shame fell over her. She looked at him, wrapped in a bed sheet, basking in the afterglow of his rendezvous with another woman. Damn, why does this hurt so bad, she thought. Mia, I fucked up. Let me talk to you, Ma. Let me talk to her, Mia Moore said. It was like the sun had fallen out of the sky and the world had come to an end. I'm done, she whispered. Carter swiped his face with his hands. Her hurt was hurting him. He wanted to say something to make her stay. But even he was lost. How could he defend what he didn't understand? He loved her. He loved every single thing about her. How had he fucked up so badly? Well, I mean, you had done it before. And also, shouldn't that note still be on the table? Saying, drink this, I'll be right up? Me and Moore should see that and be like, I didn't write none of this shit. That should jog his memory, right? 
Before he could respond, she was gone, and he was across the room in a flash, knocking over the lamp because he could barely keep his bearings. Carter, I'm... Before Yasmin could even get the words out of her mouth, Carter wrapped his hand around her throat, pressing her into the wall. It was like his rage gave him strength as he held her thin body in place. He wanted to choke the life out of her, but he knew that this wasn't her fault. He had done this. If he hadn't wanted to sleep with her, it never would have happened. No one had forced him into this situation. Somewhere deep down, he had allowed her to get into his head. His attraction, their flirtation, their deception was the gasoline that fed the fire. It had started years ago between them and Sadi. He should have stopped it then. He had made this bed. Now he had to lay in it. He released her and then punched the wall beside her head. Just get out, he whispered. He lowered his head in disgrace. He had been at a crossroads with Mia Moore before, but never over another woman. He knew her well enough to realize that this was one transgression that she would never forget. Mia Moore's tears blinded her to the point where she stumbled through the casino as she made her way to the front door. She was distraught and a snotty mess as people turned to look at her. She was a walking spectacle. No one had ever seen her so torn apart. Something had permanently broke inside of her as soon as she saw Carter inside of another woman. She had given him too much of herself, holding nothing back and trusting him to take care of her psyche. Now that he had dropped the ball, she had nothing reserved for herself. No strength, no faith, no love. Carter had taken it all. Selfish ass nigga. I hate him. I hate him. I'll never forgive him for this, she thought. Her heart was raw and she clenched her chest, wishing that the pain would ease. It was like someone was pouring alcohol over a bleeding wound. Mia Moore. She heard Breeze call her name. Mia, oh my God, what the hell happened? What's wrong, she asked. Mia Moore gasped as she tried to tell her, but she couldn't even speak the words. She was weak and the trauma too great. She didn't even want to hear the words fall out of her mouth. Mia Moore. When she heard Carter's voice, she shook her head and broke away from Breeze. She rushed through the crowd and out of the door. Fly Boogie was the first person she saw. He was pulling up to the hotel, and like always, he was right there whenever she needed him. What's wrong? He asked in confusion as she rushed into his arms. I gotta get out of here, she said. Get me away from him. Fly Boogie nodded as he opened the passenger door for her and tucked her safely inside. Just as he got herself inside, Carter and Breeze emerged from the hotel. Mia Moore, Carter roared. She didn't even look at him as Fly Boogie pulled away. Aries, bring me my son, Mia Moore screamed into the phone. I can't, Mia, Aries replied. Carter's here and he won't let me take him anywhere. He's afraid you're going to disappear on him again and take CJ with you. Are you okay? Tell him I will murder him in his fucking sleep if he doesn't deliver my son to me. Mia Moore's rage was real and all she wanted was to see her baby boy. She knew that his love would be like a dressing to a wound. He could stop the bleeding of her heart. Come home, Ma. Carter's voice filled the phone as he intervened on their conversation. She could hear his worry and regret in his tone. Mia Moore instantly hung up in his face. She knew that if she listened to him for too long, she would become dumb to the truth. She wanted him to justify his actions, and she would become one of those women who believed bullshit and accepted disrespect. No, she couldn't talk to him. Ever. Her legs gave out as she collapsed to the floor, sitting in her own misery with her head buried in her hands. Fly Boogie swiped his face, unsure of what to do. 
She hadn't eaten or slept in two days. She just cried. She was the most official chick he had ever met, and with the negligence of one man, she was now broken. Carter mishandled her. Fly Boogie walked over to her and scraped her off the floor as he carried her across the hotel room. He had checked her into a room under his name because she knew that if she used her own, Carter would find her. Normally, Mia Moore would never let anyone see her so weak, but she couldn't help it. Life felt over. It would be less painful to put a bullet in her brain and call it a wrap. She was thankful for her son, because had it not been for his existence, she was sure she would have done it by now. Murderous thoughts, suicidal thoughts, plagued her. She was a woman who had been hurt by a man. Fly Boogie laid her across the bed and turned to leave the room. Don't go, she whispered. Fly Boogie nodded. I'm right here. I'm not moving until you move, Ma. You can lay here and cry that shit out until your system is dry. But if you trust me and you take a ride with me, I think I know something that will make you feel better. I can't, she whispered as she lay, face stuck to the comforter while she squeezed her eyes shut. Well, when you're ready, I'm here. Try to rest, she replied. Mia Moore was grateful for his presence. Having him with her, so loyal and accommodating, didn't take away the hurt, but it did help. This whole storyline is stupid. Like, seriously. I told you to trust me. Every time you feel in the type of way, you go to the range, Fly Boogie stated. How do you know that? She asked, shocked. I've been with you for five years, Ma. A nigga notices you, he replied with a wink. She gave him a small smile as she re-aimed her gun. His effort was sweet, but not even the sound of Mia Moore's gun relieved her stress. This time, her burden was too great. Shooting practice wasn't enough to make her forget her problems. She had a fetish for murder, and right now she wanted to body something. You're like a surgeon with the burner, Ma, Fly Boogie stated as he leaned against his Range Rover, one foot propped up on the fender. There was no one around for miles. The only thing around them was mountains and desert air. She flipped her hair out of her face and sighed. This isn't helping, she replied. I just feel like dying. How did this happen? Her voice was a whisper. A rhetorical question that not even she could answer. Fly Boogie was silent as she fisted both hands through her hair and closed her eyes as she fought back tears. Carter had blown up her phone all night, along with Breeze, Aries, and Lena. They had all been trying to reach her. Although she didn't want to be available for anyone, she knew that she couldn't hide forever. She had a child. It was only a matter of time before natural instincts would lure her home. She felt like she was losing her mind. Her mood was up and down. Her stomach was constantly queasy. She had to get her mind off Carter. He was all that she could think about. She walked up to Fly Boogie and kissed him out of the blue, melting into him as... God damn it. So this is what we're doing? So now we're going to be on the they have sex and then she finds out what really happened shit? Okay. melting into him as she pushed him against the hood of his car. She had caught him off guard, but he didn't resist. He grabbed her ass roughly and then picked her up as she wrapped her legs around him. He was a perfect distraction. He was fly, young, and living the thug life. After doubting herself, wondering what she lacked or what Yasmin had that she didn't, it felt good to have a man want only her. 
His kiss melted her as her tongues danced slowly, passionately. It surprised her when he pulled back. With her still in his arms, he whispered, Damn, Ma, I could love the shit out of you if you would just let me. He placed her back on her feet and brushed her hair out of her eyes. You're only doing this to get back at your man. I think it's time I took you home. He was so honorable, so thorough, and in that moment, she knew that if it hadn't been for her faded romance with Carter, she probably would be Fly Boogie's girl. Okay. I would think that you would enjoy this, she said. He fucked up. You're feeling me. Isn't this when most niggas make their move? Lame niggas, Fly Boogie responded. Despite the fact that her body felt so good against him, he moved as he hit the unlock button on his keys. Anything you do right now is out of character. This is all about him. I'll be playing myself if I jumped on you. I can see the hurt in your eyes, me and more. I'm the last nigga you gotta worry about taking advantage. I'ma get my shot at you, Ma, but this ain't it. Mia Moore smiled, slightly embarrassed as she walked up to him once more. She kissed his cheek. This kiss, you earned. She blew out an exasperated breath and shook her head to try and gain some clarity. I have to go home, she whispered. I need to get my son and pack some things. I'm not beat for this Vegas shit. He wanted this life. I'm going back to Miami. Nah, Ma. I'll take you home, but you pack up his shit. You built all this out here. We all followed you out here. The cartel of Miami belonged to Carter, but the cartel of Las Vegas belongs to you. You got a gang of niggas that'll ride on your command, Fly said. He opened the passenger door for me and more. He had given her something to think about, and as she climbed inside the car, plots of revenge flooded her brain. Hurting the one who had hurt her sounded like poetic justice, and she knew that the only way to get to Carter would be to take what he treasured most. She was going to hit his pockets, his empire, take his throne. She wanted it all. Not because she needed it, but because he wanted it too much. He wasn't afraid of her gangster, and she didn't know she could ever hate him enough to handle him the murder mama way. She couldn't intimidate him with her reputation, but she could handle him like a wife scorned. She would divorce him and take everything, including the cartel. He wouldn't be expecting her to play hardball, and by the time he realized what was happening, it would already be done. She was going to take him to the cleaners, and while she was at it, she would send Yasmin straight to hell. (sighs) Chapter 23 I think I just started another war. Mia Moore. Three months later. Dig deeper, Mia Moore stated coldly as she stood over the two burly men that were unearthing the desert soil. Their shovels clanged loudly against the earth as their grunts filled the air. It can't be shallow. We don't want any mangy coyotes coming along and digging the body up. Mia Moore was livid and her heart pumped violently as her emotions went haywire. Her Cavalli sunglasses masked her watery eyes as she thought of the motivation behind her actions. She had murdered many times before. Fuck it. It was nothing for her to go boom on a nigga. She was in the business of extinction. But when business became personal, it always played a tug of war with her mental. Her judgment hadn't been this clouded since she had lost her sister at the hands of Mecca. She had promised herself that she would never let her emotions get so tangled again. Yet here she was, devastated. Heartbroken, confused all over again. She should have been taking her aggression out on the root of the problem. Her man, Carter motherfucking Jones. He was the perpetrator to the crimes that had been committed against her heart. 
It was he who deserved to be buried in the shallow grave, but instead it was his pretty little mistress who was in her crosshairs. Mia Moore saw red when the blacked out SUV pulled up a few yards away because she knew who was hidden inside. They were in the middle of nowhere, 30 miles into the Mojave on uncharted land. It was an unofficial graveyard. Many a mobster had held court in these deserted lands. There was no telling how many bones were buried beneath the hot sands. Mia Moore was about to host a funeral, and the guest of honor was a Persian bitch named Yasmin. The most dangerous thing in the world was a woman scorned, but a Mia Moore scorned was deadly. No one had seen the kind of damage that Mia Moore could do. She hadn't had to deal with groupies in Miami. Carter had always walked a straight line. Their love story had been so complicated that he hadn't found the time to entertain anybody but her. Even during her absence from his life, he had remained true. But Yasmin, Yasmin had distracted her. So what you're telling me is that you know that in every other walk, in every other circumstance, he's been true to you. But you don't trust it. I mean, you're right because he did cheat on you and you don't know that for sure. You don't know that certain part. But this... The dude was assaulted. Like, I seriously feel some sort of way about him being sexually assaulted. And then forgetting all about it. Because he won't have to confront the fact that he was sexually assaulted at that point. And I wonder if they're ever going to actually talk about it. She has seduced Mia Moore's man, and there was a price to pay for that. The bitch clearly doesn't know who she's fucking with, Mia Moore thought. Her temperature rising as she stalked across the desert. She was heated. Not from the sun that blazed down on her, but from the hatred that burned in her heart. As an unsuspecting Yasmin climbed from the backseat of the car, Mia Moore approached. What the hell's the meaning of this? Yasmin asked. Mia Moore was feminine as ever in designer clothes and five-inch heels. She hadn't anticipated getting too dirty. She had men who followed orders at her discretion now. When she wanted someone to bleed, it never dripped on her shoes now. But this bitch Yasmin was a bit too pretty for her taste. The smug, entitled expression she wore irked Mia more to the point where she couldn't stop herself from slapping the taste out of her mouth. Before she could stop herself, she struck her violently and muscled her to the ground. Mia Moore's vice grip on Yasmin's jet black hair caused the girl to scream in an alarm as she tried to tear Mia Moore's hand from her scalp. Sweat started to form on Mia Moore's forehead as she spoke through gritted teeth. There are plenty of men in Vegas. You should have chosen somebody else, she said. She didn't even care about getting her hands dirty anymore. When her temper flared, it took nothing less than murder to calm her down. She was on 10. It was too late to be rational now. She pulled Yasmin through the desert, destroying along the way the all-white dress the girl wore. They put a comma there. I have to say that because I stopped and I feel bad because I got caught up. She pulled Yasmin through the desert, destroying all along the way the white dress the girl wore. Ah! She screamed as she clawed at Mia Moore's wrist while kicking her legs violently as she tried to break free. Mia Moore mustered strength that she didn't even know she had, and she didn't stop until she had pulled her from the car to the hole that was now complete. As soon as Yasmin laid eyes on the ditch, terror filled her. She turned to Mia Moore. Do you know who I am? You cannot get away with this. Mia Moore smirked as she shook her head incredulously. I know exactly who you are. You're nobody. You live off your daddy's name to get by. You think because you're a pampered little bitch from Saudi Arabia, you can do whatever you want. But you made one mistake. You didn't know who you were offending. You didn't check my resume. 
You see me in a casino with my fancy clothes, prancing around as Carter's arm accessory, and you got me confused. You thought I was just a wife. Just a mother, perhaps? You didn't do your homework. Should have checked my resume. Please! You can have Carter, the girl began to plead. Bitch, I already have Carter. There ain't a woman alive that could take Carter away from me. I own that nigga. That's my dick, my houses, my cars, my everything. Okay, okay, I won't even look at him. I swear to you, Yasmin pleaded as she held her hands out in front of her. Just let me go. This isn't necessary. You fucked my nigga. This is very necessary. I hope it was good, Mia Moore said. Suddenly, she snatched one of the shovels from her bodyguard's hands and swung it full force, hitting Yasmin in the side of the face. She fell to the ground as blood fell from her ear. We're... we're in three months, she didn't do any research. She didn't go back and look in the hotel or see if there's any, you know, security cameras in a casino that she owns. There are security cameras everywhere. Somewhere in those security cameras, you would have caught uh, Carter going to the room alone. And then you would have caught Yasmin going to the room after him uh, in a trench coat with somehow having a key to your room. And then the questions would have arose. And then Carter would have remembered what happened. And then you wouldn't have murdered this person. And I don't know. Mia Moore's rampage exploded as she hit her repeatedly. Again and again and again and again and again. And again. Because we just going to keep saying again till you get the point. She showed no mercy as she took her frustrations out. Mia Moore knew that ultimately it was Carter's fault for slipping with Yasmin. She wasn't married to Yasmin. Yasmin owed her nothing. But the fact that she was so smug about it had earned her this fate. Mia Moore didn't care that she was literally beating the life out of this girl. Yasmin's efforts to block the blows were futile. There was no protecting herself from this ruthless assault. And as the excruciating beating continued, she could do nothing but pray. Mia Moore's chest heaved as she felt her clothes begin to stick to her skin. She held the shovel high above her head as she prepared to bring it down once more. But the sniffling, bloody, messful woman before her was no longer worth the effort. This beating wasn't making her feel any better. It didn't dull the pain that plagued her. She was still aching inside. The unbearable emotion haunted her, making it hard for her to breathe. Tears clouded her vision as she tossed the shovel to the ground. Should have never crossed me, she said. She turned to her men. Put the bitch in a box and bury her while she's still breathing. Leave a little air hole for her. I want to be slow. Let her feel every single moment of what's left of her miserable life. Mia Moore left two of her men behind to clean up her mess as she headed back to the car with her driver. She had a meeting to attend. Yasmin was only the first to be punished. Carter would feel her wrath as well. As she climbed into the back of the car, she knew that no matter what fate she delivered to him, she would always suffer behind his betrayal. Nothing she could do to him would ever make this right between them because even when she hated him, she loved him. Carter was a man of little patience and as he checked the presidential that occupied his wrists, he had to contain his anger. Tardiness was a sign of disrespect and Carter clenched his jaw as he folded his hands, placing them on the conference table in front of him. He was all business as he sat with a stern expression. The tailored Tom Ford suit he wore proved that he had graduated from the streets. He was no longer chasing hood fame. He was chasing them M's, the legal way. Owner of the Da Vinci, Las Vegas' newest resort and casino, 
He was a man with little free time. He had no hours in the day to waste. Mia Moore knew that. She had been by his side for so long that he already knew that her late arrival to their meeting was intentional. She was purposefully showing him that no matter how large he became, she would always run the show. He had given her the throne beside his. She was his queen, and because of that, he was on her time, like it or not. Carter leaned into the attorney that sat to his right. We need to wrap this up. Einstein looked across the table at the opposing counsel. Mr. Levy, if your client doesn't show up in the next five minutes, we'll have to reschedule this mediation session, he spoke. Clearly, she isn't taking this situation very seriously. Mr. Jones has asked her numerous times what she wants. We have yet to receive a response, and today she doesn't even show up. Davison Levy drummed his fingers on the oak table as he leaned back in his chair with one hand placed underneath his chin. She will be here. I am here. Me and Moore's voice caused all three men to turn their attention towards the door. Standing in the Carolina Herrera bodycon slip dress and five-inch heels, each of them was, wait for it, mesmerized by her beauty. Her hair fell in an asymmetrical bob around her face. Beautiful wasn't quite the right word to describe Mia Moore. She was dangerous, enticing, and alluring. Mia Moore was simply a bad bitch. The curves of her body were so sharp that they were deadly. Her face so pretty that it was deceptive. Ooh. Words mean stuff, people. She was like a black widow. It was easy to get caught up in her web and very few escaped it. She took a seat beside her lawyer, sitting directly across from Carter. Her heart thundered in her chest. Seeing him made her blood boil, but oddly, she loved him so much all at the same time. She could not believe she was sitting across from him when her place had been next to him for so long. Once lovers, they were now adversaries, and it was still so hard for me and more to believe. As she sat silently, soul bleeding, love dying, she wished she could turn back the hands of time. If I could turn back time, I bet y'all niggas didn't think I knew that fucking song. Ooh, you lost that bet. Her eyes were cold, dark, and distant as she sat stiffly, trying to remain strong. There was no way she could give Carter the satisfaction of seeing her break. Not over him. Not over his infidelity and lies. She had thought he was so different. Carter had promised her a unique love, but in the end, he had turned out to be just another nigga. He had broken her heart, and now there was no turning back. They had survived many things, but his one mistake had brought their love to a screeching halt. Now they sat at the divorce table, enemies as they each watched their love slip away. Nigga, I just... Whilst we're talking about betrayals... Whilst we're in the midst of it. Nigga, you killed his mama. If we're going by what the book says, because really Mecca killed his mama. But you killed his stepmama. You rode down and tried to murder niggas at the funeral. Your friends, your partners, your associates got his sister in the sex trafficking in the long run of things. You lived many, many years of betrayal and lies around him while struggling with how to tell him. Again, 
The only reason why I'm sympathetic in this situation is because this nigga was literally drugged. And they're not going to bring that up. This is a lazy ass way to have them break up if that's what they're doing. So I hope they bring it to some sort of a, oh my God, look what I found sort of thing. But I doubt it. Glad you could make it, Carter says sarcastically. Mia Moore nodded her head, but didn't respond with words. She had nothing to say to him. She knew that if she opened her mouth to speak, nothing but tears and sobs would fall out. No, it was best that she remain composed and let her attorney do the speaking. She and Carter were beyond words at this point. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Lay out my demands. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Show him the shit. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Do the thing. Do the thing. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Pull out G47. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Blow this nigga's mind. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, We need 12 more pages. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, I never liked that woman, but I wonder how she got into my room. She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, Did I ever tell you about the time that I literally disappeared for five years just to show back up at this nigga's door when I didn't even know his address? How'd he come back from the Bahamas in the first place? She leaned into her lawyer and whispered, I'm hungry. I wish I had an old black church lady's purse so I could reach inside of it and get three butterscotch, a peppermint, two of them strawberry fuckers that you can't find nowhere but in the old black church lady's bag, and one of them red hot cinnamon discs that nobody ever really likes, but everybody plays the role. Levy cleared his throat. Miss Jones wants everything. Lay out my demands. Miss Jones wants everything. That's 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 a demand. She wants to keep the 50% stake that they currently share in ownership of the Da Vinci Resort and Casino. She wants a house in Summerlin, and she wants the 10 million that's in the joint savings. According to our records, Mr. Jones has another savings account that he opened last year. And that account is $50 million that he had hidden from Miss Jones. She wants that as well. She wants to keep all vehicles that are currently parked at the home in Summerlin. She also wants all the stocks and bonds that they have purchased since being married. The estate in Miami, he can have. And the home in Flint, Michigan, she has no interest in. Carter scoffed as if he had just heard a joke. This should not be amusing, Mr. Jones. Mrs. Jones is very serious about her demands. Considering that there was no prenuptial agreement, she's not getting my casino. Carter interrupted coolly with a calm but serious tone. That is my casino, Mia Moore said. While your ass was hiding out from a Fed case in Saudi, I was here with Breeze, with Lena, establishing the Da Vinci. Carter stood to his feet and Einstein followed his cue. Let us know when you have a serious offer. Mr. Jones is willing to offer a generous settlement. He has no intention of putting Miss Jones out in the streets. He wants to ensure that she's comfortable. But these demands are ludicrous. No judge will grant them, Einstein stated. I love how the lawyer's name is literally Einstein. Like, that's how niggas' minds work, right? 
We just think that Einstein is like the smartest name in the world because Albert Einstein was named Albert Einstein. But if the nigga's name was Albert Shitburger, like S-H or S-C-H-I-T-T-B-E-R-G-E-R, Albert Shitburger, will we be naming lawyer Shitburger now? Yo, get Shitburger on the line. I got a problem. Show him the picture of that toenail I showed you. Shitburger, get on the case. A judge won't have to, Mia Moore replied. I got more than enough dirt on you, Carter. It's in your best interest to give me what I want. You're being ridiculous, Carter stated. He could see the hurt in her eyes. No matter how hard of a front Mia Moore put on, Carter knew her. He could feel the disappointment and resentment radiating from her heart. He turned to Einstein. Shitburger. Take Levy and step out of the room. Levy objected. I don't advise my client to speak with you without me. Carter's eyes turned dark as he turned his attention to Mia Moore's attorney. Leave the room, he demanded. His shoulders squared in authority as his baritone banished both men from the room. He turned towards Mia Moore when they were alone. It was the first time he had seen her in weeks. She had accepted no phone calls from him and hadn't been home since she had found him cheating. Carter had no idea where she was even staying. Can we talk? He asked. For a minute. Can we talk? For a minute. Girl, I want to know where you've been staying. Last night I... I saw you standing and I started... I started pretending... I knew you, and you knew that I would never lay with that nigga Yasmin in our suite where you have a key to it. My nigga, why the fuck would I cheat in our own house? That's just stupid. That's stupid, my nigga. I need you to explain that to me, my nigga. But just like a baby, I could not talk. And you saw her on me, so you just walked. And I'm gonna lose everything. And I know that I cannot sing. But if you give me one more chance, I will put on some pants. Cause you saw me butt naked. In the bed with that skinny chick Cause you saw me butt naked Her little ass was on my dick No, she replied stubbornly It's not what it looks like if you let me explain, Carter started. I caught a bitch half naked in your bed. It's exactly what it looks like. There's nothing more to say, Mia Moore spat. Her words were so sharp that they cut Carter to the core. He could hear the contempt lacing her words. She was scorned, dejected, and scarred by all of the promises that he had broken. So many apologies sat on the edge of his tongue, waiting to leap out of his mouth, but he held them back. She was too full of anger to hear anything he had to say at the moment. I want it all, she continued. Every dollar, every business, every asset. You're pushing me, Mia Moore, Carter warned. I'm trying to be patient with you because I know that I hurt you. 
But don't take that as a weakness, Ma. You out of everybody knows what it is. You know exactly what I'm capable of. Mia Moore cut her eyes low in disgust. Yes, I do know, Carter. But clearly you've forgotten what I'm capable of. You'll soon find out. There's a price to pay for breaking my heart. I'm going to ruin you, nigga. Mia Moore stormed out of the conference room, bypassing both Levy and Shitburger as she made her exit. Heat pulsed through her as she made her way to her chauffeured vehicle. She was so full of emotion that it felt like she would combust. The history that she shared with Carter made it so hard to let him go. She had made him her everything, and now that he had let her down, she was left with nothing but resentment. She looked at the world through bitter eyes as she slid into the plush interior of the Cadillac truck. The driver closed the door, and Mia Moore leaned her elbow against the windowsill. Rest. Contentment. Peace of mind. She wondered if she would ever feel those things again. Turmoil had taken over her world, and a sick knot was always present in her gut. She was sick from grief as she mourned the loss of the greatest love she had ever known. I believe the children are the future, but in this book we push them to the side. There's nothing greater than some dick. I have a three-year-old and some good dick. If I had to choose can I get a second? I need a moment. Everybody's searching for some good dick. Once I found it, I know what to do. I will leave my children to the side. Because for some good dick, you will always see me ready to ride. I decided long ago, never let my kids get in the way of my dick that I got on my man. I hope my son can understand no matter what they take from me. I'm keeping both hands on the D. Because the greatest. Love of all was Carter Jones's D. The greatest love of all will never again be inside of me. She let her head fall to the side as her chin rested against her bald fist. Tears came to her eyes. How did I let another woman sneak into his bed, she pondered miserably. She tried to think of where she had gone wrong. What had she done to deserve the disloyalty that Carter had shown her? She hadn't even seen the signs, or had she seen them and just ignored them? She had trusted Carter and he had burned her. Mia Moore was lost. She was once a woman who needed no one until Carter had changed that. He had convinced her to trust him and had gotten her dependent on his affection. Now that they were at odds, all she felt was pain. Her pain made her want to cause pain and she had her crosshairs focused on the man who had wronged her. Killing his little jump off wasn't enough. Mia Moore wanted Carter to pay for making her feel like just another lovesick girl. Taking his empire was the only way to make him feel as small as she did right now. Despite her hate for Carter, she couldn't bury her love. It had been too strong. It would take years for her to get over Carter Jones. He was undoubtedly the great love of her life. Mia Moore knew that the type of bond that they had shared would never exist again. 
As her mind drifted down memory lane, she looked for someone, something to blame. She couldn't blame anyone but herself. She had gotten lost in love and had trusted too much. Mia Moore had broken her number one rule. She had let her guard down. Where to, boss? The goon asked. Before Mia Moore could respond, a tap on her window caused her to look up. Carter stood, calmly, with one hand tucked in his designer slacks, impatiently waiting for her to roll down the window. She did, and for the first time she allowed him to witness her tears. The anger was peeled away like the layers of an onion, and she reeked of hurt. Okay, so just in case y'all didn't hear that, or you're high, or you were driving, and your GPS did that whole thing where it speaks up right when you get to the favorite part of your song, or right when you get to a big part in a, in a show or something like that, and it's just like, turn left here while you're still in your own fucking neighborhood. Motherfucker, you doofus, I know to turn left here, you fucking goober. Sorry. But just in case y'all didn't hear that, the anger was peeled away like the layers of an onion and she reeked of hurt. Just just live with that for a second. Just let it sit. Just let it sit in your heart. I'm going to talk to y'all like a pastor who's trying to get people to come to the church to come to Christ. Just let that sit in your heart for a second. If you have ever let the anger peel away like the layers of an onion and you find yourself reeking with hurt. With with pain. With jealousy. I need you to know that there's a greater person. <laughs> there's a greater person in the sky. They can help they can help chop that onion up. They can help shower you with love so you no longer reek. God, I can't go any further. Her story of heartbreak was written in her eyes. Wait, I messed up. Her story of heartbreak was written in her eyes. Mia, he whispered. You ruined me, Carter, she sniffled. He opened the car door and leaned into her. I don't know what I was thinking, Ma. And I'll just tell you I'm sorry every day for the rest of my life if I have to. Just come back home, Mia Moore. I don't want this. This ain't us. We've gotten through worse, right? He said, trying to get her to remember their history of overcoming the odds against them. He wasn't pleading. Carter wasn't the begging type, but he could feel her slipping away. The way she looked at him, the glow in her eye that was strictly reserved for him was fading. He was losing her. Or had he lost her already? He didn't know. But he couldn't see himself letting his pride get in the way of saving his marriage. Mia Moore was the very best part of him. So he couldn't see pride getting in the way of his marriage, but he ain't begging. He ain't the begging type. He ain't He ain't gonna get down on his knees and beg her please to come home. Can you come back, baby? Can you come back, baby? I took a drug test and found out I was fucking roofied. We got through worse because at the end of the day, I knew you were mine. It was me and you against the fucked up world. I don't know that anymore. You broke your vow, Carter, and you pulled the switch to shut everything off for me. 
I'm not this girl. I should have never been this girl. Stooping in love over a nigga that will never give back the amount of loyalty I give to you. All you do is take, Carter. Now I'm taking from you. Apparently, I've been too nice. I gotta murder a bitch to make you remember who I am, she asked. Carter's face fell. What are you talking about, Mia Moore? What did you do, she asked. The evil smirk on her face answered his question. Where's Yasmin, Ma? She slapped him swiftly. She's not dead yet, she said with a condescending laugh. <laughs> a bullet to the head would have been too kind. I've been hurting for months behind the bullshit that you two pulled, so I thought a slow death would be more appropriate. Where is she? Carter asked. Don't ask me about your whore. Nigga, if you wanted her alive, you shouldn't have fucked her. You already knew what my reaction would be. Should have controlled your actions. Her death is on you, Mia Moore sneered. Mia Moore, this isn't one of your Miami hits. You can't. You want your whore alive, you take your ass out to the desert and dig her up, Mia Moore said passive-aggressively as she thumbed through her phone, blatantly giving... What the fuck? Like I said, I have overlooked a lot of their issues and errors in the last couple chapters of this book because I'm just like, they're never going to change. But what the fuck does this mean? Mia Moore said passively aggressively as she thumbed through her phone, blatantly giving Carter no kick it. The fuck is a kick it? The fuck is a kick it? Blatantly giving Carter no kick it. What? What is that? The fuck you talking about, Kobe Bryant? What the fuck is a kick it? I know what a bop it is. I know what a whip it is. The fuck is a kick it? I'm sure she's not out of air yet. Better hurry though. I mean, she probably is because you told her to put you told them to put an air hole in her coffin and then you covered it with dirt. So dirt's probably coming through the coffin. Carter grit his teeth, feeling as if he could snap Mia Moore's neck. Do you know what you've done? Tell me you didn't bury that girl alive. Mia Moore shot him a look that showed just how cunningly cruel she was. Carter hit the top of the car in frustration. Do you know who the fuck her father is going to send our way when he finds out? Carter exhaled sharply as a weight settled over his shoulder. Oh my god, seriously? I'm talking terrorists, Mia Moore. Fucking assassins. You just signed your death certificate. Terrorists, though? You didn't have to say that. That's fucking racist. We have a son, Mia Moore. You killed that man's daughter and you think he won't take our son. Carter was so livid that he spit as he chastised her. You should have checked that jealousy at the door and brought your hot-headed ass home. You're not ready for the kind of consequences that Barack is going to deliver. His tirade only pissed her off more and she pushed him back so she could shut her door. You should have thought about that before you fucked the bitch, Mia Moore spat. She then stubbornly turned her head as the car rolled away. She couldn't stop herself from looking back at him, but when she did, the red dot that illuminated in the center of his chest caused her mouth to drop in horror. Someone had a beam on him, and regretfully, she knew what was to follow. It all happened in a split second. Their eyes met, but before she could warn him, No! 
The gunshot was so loud that it pierced her ears, causing a slight ring and interrupting the stillness of the day, mixing with the screams that erupted from her soul. Her driver hit the brakes in reaction to the blast. She spelled brakes wrong. Mia Moore hopped out of the car and instinct caused her to run full speed to Carter's side. Oh my God! Somebody help me! Her shrill cries were desperate, fear-filled. Her love was leaking out of her, betraying her at this moment. She couldn't help but care. She hated him, but at the same time, the line between love and hate was so vague that she loved him all the same. It was a double-edged sword, and as she pressed her hands against his bleeding chest, adding pressure to his wound, she wailed. Tears clouded her vision as they ran down her nose and dropped onto Carter's face. He gripped her wrist as he gasped. I'm... Mia. Tears of excruciation filled his reddened eyes. Help me! She screamed. She felt hands pulling her off of him as she struggled to stay near him. No! No! I have to be with him! Get the fuck off me! I need to be with him! Sirens were heard in the distance and curious bystanders filtered out of the casino. She heard Zaire and Monroe fighting their way through the crowd. Carter motioned for Zaire as he opened his mouth, attempting to speak. Zaire kneeled by his man. Don't talk, bro. Just hold on, Zaire coached. Carter was persistent, however, and used the little strength he had to pull Zaire. Leave town. Go back, he grimaced as he grit his teeth as blood filled his mouth. Home. Live through this. Zaire nodded, but Carter seemed to be talking in circles. Live through what? Haven't they already survived the worst? Carter was speaking as if he knew today was the day of his reckoning, as if this was only the beginning. Where's the fucking ambulance? Zaire screamed, fearing the worst. Pure horror crossed their faces as Monroe sprang into action. We're not waiting on the fucking ambulance. Help me get him in the car. Now, I don't know, my nigga, like... I've been to a casino once or twice or 30 times. And one thing I know about a casino and casino parking, you might be better start waiting on the ambulance. You know, because there's parking garages. And so you go into the parking garage and there's, um, you got to go up to like the fifth floor because you got there at whatever time. Casinos are 24 hours and so parking's all gone you got to park all the way up top and now you're in between you know you're right below the top floor so now you're like man i hope an earthquake doesn't hit and just crush my shit but if i was on the top floor and an earthquake hit then i could probably just surfboard my way on down a rock because you know the rock did it fuck it idris elba did it in suicide squad so but you get all the way up there and now you got to wait for cars to realize you're trying to back out and people keep walking right behind your car so you can't get, you can't get out. And did you know that in a driving test now they will fail you if you look in the uh, rear view camera, which is good. But, you know, the thing keeps beeping. Heep, 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 heep. And so you can't get out and you're honking. And then there's like a line of people trying to get out, like a line of cars. And by the time you get out, the nigga dead. Lena rushed out and hurried to Mia Moore's side, but Breeze paused as she looked at Mia Moore in doubt. Did you do this? Mia Moore squinted her eyes in confusion and shook her head in denial. How could she ask me this? Why was she... Did you shoot him? 
The question came out like an accusation, smacking her in the face and suddenly all eyes were on her. Lena placed her hands over her mouth in shock as everybody waited for her to answer. Mia Moore had no response. She was stunned in the silence as she shook uncontrollably. Did Baraka do this? How did word get back to him so fast? No, my nigga, it wasn't Baraka. It wasn't Yasmin. It was that nigga Fly Boogie. Mia Moore had known that there would be repercussions for killing Yasmin. Her rage had prevented her from caring, but now that she was covered in Carter's blood, fear seized her. Zaire helped her from the ground. He didn't know what had gone down, but Mia Moore was Carter's wife, his everything. He knew Carter well, and if today was his day to die, Mia Moore would be the last one he would want to see. Let's go. Figure this shit out later. Carter needs you. Mia Moore stood shakily to her feet as she was escorted to his car. She looked up at him with terrified eyes. Zaire, I fucked up, she whispered with tears in her eyes. I think I just started another war. What did you do? he asked. I killed Yasmin, she replied. Zaire's eyes widened at the revelation and his jaw clenched as he grit his teeth. He put the car in drive and sped away. Now he knew why Carter had told him to shake town, and he knew that his days in Las Vegas were numbered. As soon as he got the chance, he and Breeze would kiss Sin City goodbye and start their lives over somewhere else. Zaire didn't know how to clean up this mess, but he was sure of one thing. There was a storm coming, and he didn't know if the cartel could weather another disaster. I'm just saying, I'm shocked that there's no war that came from you fucking killing Ileana. Like, you literally had her hung up and you were going to beat her like a fucking pinata. Did nothing ever come of that? Not in this book. Not yet. Not at all. But because this happened to Carter and me and more, oh, it's important. Breeze is just a revenge side story. Breeze is a side chick in this fucking book. Fly Boogie quickly dismantled the M24 sniper rifle with speed and placed it in a large duffel. Wait, wait, wait. Not wanting to draw attention to himself, he strolled casually to his range, tossing the duffel in the back seat before getting in and driving away. Okay, I called it, but at the same time, wait, because now I want to say something that I was thinking about when I really first thought about the fact that he probably did this shit because that's how they would have written this shit. It's really fucking hard to shoot a sniper rifle. And from everything that they're saying in this book, Fly Boogie wasn't a killer, he was a hustler. So it's really fucking hard to shoot a sniper rifle. Like, you gotta gauge the wind. You gotta gauge uh, elevation. You gotta gauge the speed of the bullet to the target. Fly Boogie ain't doing none of that shit. Unless he's laying down in the middle of the street while they're in the street and he's right there at him, he ain't hitting Carter. Especially not in the chest dead on. He's not doing that. This is some bullshit. This is some absolute bullshit. You cannot tell me to fly boogie who told me and more that the first time he killed somebody was when he uh, hung them niggas. He didn't even shoot nobody. He hung niggas. You can't tell me that he went from that to being a sniper rifle pro. This ain't fucking Call of Duty. It doesn't work that way. Shit, stupid. This is fucking dumb. Fuck that nigga, Fly Boogie thought. She better off without him anyway. Fly Boogie had just risked it all for me and more, and she didn't even know it. 
Carter had crossed her and broken her heart, but that wasn't enough. Fly Boogie knew that a man like Carter never lost. Me and Moore loved him too much, and as long as he was breathing, she would have taken him back. Fly wasn't standing for it. He wanted to throw his hat in the ring, and in order to do that, he had to get rid of the competition. He only wished he had a better shot. His nerves had caused him to aim low. One to the head would have put a tag on Carter's toe for sure. Now he would have to wait and see how Carter fared before making his move. Malice hadn't been his intention when he first followed the cartel. In fact, he had nothing but respect for Carter, but five years of being next to me and more had him fiending to make it forever. She would never admit her feelings for him as long as Carter was breathing. All's fair in love and war. When it came to me and more, he would do whatever to ensure that he won her heart. If it meant going against the grain and biting the hand that fed him, then so be it. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast. Copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Thank you to everybody who's been checking us out on Good Pods and also on Podchaser. I guess Apple Podcasts too. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can go ahead and leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my dad,